0: Hallelujah! This is this is usually we do. This is Thrive Group weekend. Usually it's on the third Sunday of the month, but last week was our anniversary service. But this is Thrive Group weekend, so I encourage you. See Steve one of our Thrive Group leaders in the lobby before you leave today, because um, to me, um, the church was established on on this principle of continued fellowship one with another. I believe the attitude of a New Testament church is, is founded in the Word of God, founding in the work of the Holy Spirit, but it was also established upon this principle of the fact that we need one another. We need these relationships. The iron sharpens iron. We need, we need to strengthen one another. And Thrive Groups is an amazing way that, that we can build relationships and also have continued discipleship. And it's such a big part of mine and Pastor Nett's hearts and, um, of just helping us being able to disciple people in a more personal level and, and, and people that we might not be able to connect with week in and week out. So I encourage you, go to the Church Center app, go to the website. Or in the lobby, you can you can check out with some of our thrive group leaders and and go online. Um, we also have um, rec night for seventh uh, through twelfth grade, and we also have uh, heritage kids from third through um, through fourth grade as well tonight. And so the times are from uh, they can be dropped off from five to eight, and um, but the thrive groups are from five thirty to seven thirty. So, amen. and did, did y'all enjoy last week the, the anniversary? man? Woo! Hallelujah. I want to thank everyone involved in, in making that event a success. And, and I want to thank all of our Ministry of Helps, all of our communications team, uh, Nikki, and all your different teams, and uh, everyone. Just give them a hand for everything, just on, on all the work that goes into events like that. And uh, we did have a, a food truck that canceled at the last minute, so we do apologize for people that had to wait longer um, than we expected. And they had some people that didn't show up as well. But I do thank our, uh, our makeshift uh, um, barbecue workers, uh, Nikki and Tanya and Scott Tripp, you know, were able to help with the, with the barbecue truck. So thank you for doing that. Um, but I, but also, and the reason why we did that is for years, we provided all the food, um, but we also, that also meant about 30 people or so were never able to be a part of it because they were busy working the whole time. So I was grateful that um, it worked out this year and we did it that way and and um, it just thrills our hearts seeing everyone in the property just fellowshipping and connecting together. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm, God is faithful. Yes. Hallelujah. Do you love the Word of God? Yes. Mm, the Word of God. The Holy Spirit. I've been talking about the Holy Spirit for months, and I. And I've said this over the last several times I've ministered on a Sunday, but I believe the things that I'm, that the Lord's had me deposited, deposit as a pastor into our hearts is all about taking us to another level. And I, I really believe that. And I believe when Jesus talked to the disciples in the last several chapters of the book of John before he was betrayed in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, I believe he was really sharing with the disciples on what they needed after He left, but also the very things that would take them to another level in their lives and continue this continuous journey with Jesus. And so I don't have time to go back and, and share everything that we've discussed so far, but the Holy Spirit is, is so vital to our daily, daily, daily walk. The Holy Spirit is not an it, a a something. He's a person. And if you are a believer and filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to understand that you are wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. (laughs) And you need His instruction. You need to know the reality of His person. This this is 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 how Jesus lived and conducted and directed his life so much so that he said he goes, if I don't go away, guys, uh, if I don't go away, the the comforter can't come. And he says, it's expedient that I go away, because if I don't go, he can't come. I've got to leave here because this is the very gift that's going to give you the advantage in your life. I don't know about you, but I like knowing that I have the advantage. How about you? As a believer, you are never with you are never in the disadvantage. Well, you're like, well, Pastor, you you don't know you don't. It sure doesn't look like it right now. It doesn't matter what it might look like right now. The issue is because of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, I have the advantage. I don't think some of you are too convinced of that. You have, you have the advantage. You are not without, you're not lacking. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he goes, you, you come behind in no gift. You come behind in zero gift. Hallelujah. Let's go to, let's go to 1 Peter chapter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, and if you'd like to, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 10 as well. 1 Peter 4 and Acts chapter 10. Thank you. Let's look at, um, thank you, Father. Actually, let's go to chapter 3, up to verse 18, and then we'll get into chapter 4. Say, thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. Verse 18 says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that we might, that he might bring us to God. Are you grateful for that? Yes. Being put to death in the flesh, but yet it says he was made alive in the spirit. Wow. You know, they, yeah, they could kill his body, but they could not kill his spirit. Right. Amen. He was made alive in the spirit. Hmm. Let's go to verse 22 Who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. Wow. He's gone into heaven. He's at the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. Verse verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, so because of this, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. So arm yourself with the same thinking. For he has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin. So he says, arm yourself with the same thinking. Arm yourself with the same thinking that, that, he, that you've ceased from sin. It is possible to live free from sin. It's possible to, to live free. From every yoke of bondage. Arm yourself with this thinking. That he no longer should live the rest of his time. Arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men. But for the will of God. And that's a strong statement. Now it's talking about Jesus here and he says that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men. So we're, to, we're supposed to arm ourselves with the same thinking, right? Yes. right. Yeah. So Justin should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men. Right. Yeah. Meaning I should no longer be living based on what, what Justin wants total devotion to God is being totally surrendered to all that He is and and surrendering yourself to His will and His purpose for your life. So here, He says, arm ourselves with this thinking. He says that He no longer should live the rest of His time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Now, I'm not saying this to say that I've arrived and know everything and that I've conquered this. Or I'm walking in the completeness and the fullness of what this means. But what I want you to see is is let's shift our thinking from just barely getting by. And living from defeat to defeat to defeat. From mistake to mistake to mistake. And just settling for that type of life. Because he says I need to arm myself that I'm no longer living after, after the will of what Justin wants but I'm living according to the will of God. Isn't that what that says? No longer should I live the rest of my time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. I don't know about you, I I believe all of us were really honest. We want to live for the will of God. Do you want to live for the will of God? Now, I'm not trying to preach some sort of Law or something, a heaviness of something that we can't measure up to or can't attain. What I want to deposit is, is a different way of thinking in our hearts today. I want to live for the will of God. I want the will of God to be the most important thing that I'm running after and the most important thing I'm pursuing after, the will of God. But this was the way Jesus lived his life. He, he says, arm ourselves with this thinking. No longer should we live the rest of our time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. And then he says this, for we. Now he says we. Paul says, we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. I don't know about you, I got to a point where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and I was tired of living for me. I was tired of living for Justin. Why? Because, because when I got to the end of what I wanted, I still wasn't happy. There was no life in it. There was no peace in it. There was no future in it. It had, a, it had, a, it had a, an ending, so to speak. And here he says, he goes, it, aren't, aren't we tired? We have now spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. I, I, I don't want to live like the rest of the world. I don't want to think like the rest of the world. I don't want to be concerned with what the rest of the world is constantly concerned with. Thank you, Father. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. And he tells us what the will of the Gentiles is. When we walk in the lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and (laughs) abominable, (laughs) abominable, easy for me to say. You know what that word is. Idolatries. Like I said, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not here to put some sort of yoke of bondage on us this morning. So hear my heart. You know my heart. I'm not here... Paul's not... The, the, Paul is not... Or actually, this is Peter. Peter is not preaching law here. But he says, aren't, aren't we tired of it? Are you tired of the things that don't... that?" Just don't have... There's, no, there's nothing long-lasting in it. I like what the Amplified says in this. In this statement here. It says, for this... Actually, let me just stay here. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. They... Th- for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in the lewdness, the lust, the drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, idolatries. In regard to these things... They think it's strange that you don't run with them. (laughs) Wow. The world thinks it's strange that you don't do what they do. But you're like, well, well, pastor, don't, don't we have grace? The world thinks it's strange... No, it's like you could be labeled like, you know, a fanatic. You could be labeled self-righteous. You could be labeled. And don't get me wrong. There are, there are Christians that have a religious spirit that are, do just as much damage as people in the world do. So please hear my heart as your pastor. I want, I'm giving us a new perspective this morning, and I'm about to get into some things. I just have to lay this foundation. The world thinks it's strange when you don't do what they do. So let me ask you a question. Why does the church try to continue to do what the world does? In the sake of... For the sake of relevance. For the sake of relevance... The world, the world thinks it's strange that we don't run with them. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. They think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood. New King James says, dissipation, speaking evil of you. I Meaning they're speaking evil of you because you don't know. You don't, The real, actually, best way to say it is because you don't run in the same way of excessiveness. They think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. But it says they will have to give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. Now, hear me, hear this. God judged sin on Jesus. But we, as all humanity will stand before, there will be a judgment. And the judgment is comes down to, did you receive Jesus? Verse 6, for this reason the gospel was preached also to those who were dead. He's talking about that when Jesus went to the lower parts of the earth and preached. That they might be judged according to men in the flesh. But live according to God in the Spirit. Now let me read this in the Amplified. For this is why the good news was preached in their lifetime even to the dead. That though judged in fleshly bodies as we are, they might live in the Spirit as God does. Whoa. Now get this, this is why the gospel was preached. Let me take it a step further than what we understand the gospel being preached. We know the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, correct? Yes. And so it's through the gospel we receive salvation, correct? Yes. But let's take it a step further because most of the time we stop with an understanding of I accepted Jesus and I'm going to heaven one day. And that's where we stop with the understanding of the preaching of the gospel. But here he says this, the gospel was preached so that we could live like God lives. Isn't that what that says in the Amplified? That we might live in the Spirit as God does. I want you to know it's possible to live the way God lives. So so why would I want to step down and live in any other way? Why would I want to live beneath my privileges? Why would I want to live in a lower way of living and just subject to, to everything that my my, my emotions want, my, my senses want, my dictates of my, my, my ideas and, and be subject to my experiences when I, as a child of God, have the ability to live life in a whole nother level? Now please hear, I'm not talking about being, trying to be better than someone or living. No, I'm saying, saying, we as the ability, we have the ability to live like God lives. I have the ability to live and walk just like Jesus walked. So we have the ability to live in the spirit like God does. Let's go to, let's now look at Acts chapter 10. And there's different ways that I I know we, we could go in this, but I have an assignment by the Holy Spirit this morning that I believe will cause us to live life at another level. Acts chapter 10, for the sake of time, let's look at verse 34. Just had to do that last part just as a foundation. It says, then Peter opened his mouth and said... Now, Peter opened his mouth. So Peter, this is the same Peter that wrote 1 Peter chapter 4, what we just read. That we have the ability to live in the Spirit like God does. I have the ability to live for and after the will of God. And not after everything that Justin wants. Correct? So then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness. Now listen, but in every nation, who, whoever fears him, this isn't being afraid of God, this is just this is just being devoted to God, this is just reverencing God, is accepted by God. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, that He's Lord of all. Then he says, that word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. So what was the word? The word that you know, what was the word? The word was, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So, I want you to see, this is Paul Peter saying, God shows no partiality. He talks about this word that you had from the beginning. He goes on and he says, What was the word? How, how God anointed. How God anointed. So, God placed something that was on him, or God placed substance of himself on Jesus. How God anointed. Now, before we break down this scripture a little more, hold your place there and let's go to 1 John chapter 4. How God. Let's look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. For love is of God. So we talk, so God anointed, God took substance, God took something of himself, put it on Jesus of Nazareth. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, Because we, we can talk about living in the Spirit as God does, and immediately we can go off and talk about Signs or wonders or miracles and these supernatural, spectacular things. But, but the thing is, is, if you don't understand the, the root and the foundation of what the anointing is, all you'll do is just seek a sign. So here, how God anointed. How God. So we just read, God is love. So you could say, so how love anointed. How love anointed Jesus of Nazareth. I've seen a lot of ministers and being around a lot of different people that we could call spirit-filled people, but yet had had no love walk whatsoever. That ought not be. If I could say it, King James. Thank you, Shacks. I appreciate that. Now, now, Think about it. It's, it's like it's like, well, well, pastor, you know, you know, they're so anointed, they're so gifted, they're so graced and and all that. And, and they're saying, but but yet they responded that way and they'll say, yeah, but they're so anointed. They're so, you know, they're just they're they're just led by the spirit all the time. And I'm saying, well, not that time. Mm. Oh, they prophesy. and they, Yeah. Well, OK, I'm glad they prophesy, but. You know, you talk about, uh, Keith Moore would say, you know, that, that the, the, this person ran off with this person. They had an affair and they're like, they were spirit-filled people. Well, not that day, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all of a sudden you say you're spirit-filled and it's this sort of, sort of badge that you can live any way you want. But the point of being being led by the Spirit is to be like Him. And this is the biggest hindrance for us to live and go to another level in our life is expect another level but not change on the level we're at. So how God anointed, how love anointed Jesus. Anointed, the word anointed is, is also the word where we get Christ from. And it's and the the Greek word is a word creo, which means to rub on, smear all over. That's what it means to anoint. We we talked about that a number of weeks back. But there's another word that is a a, a word associated with this in the in the Greek that if you look it up it's going to actually connect this word to it, and it is the word kreomaya don't, I'm not Greek, so I don't know if I'm saying that right. But creomaya, And the word means to... Not just to smear on and rub all over, but it means to furnish what is needed. Yeah. To furnish, to provide for what is needed. So, let's read the scripture this way. How love furnished what was needed to Jesus. So, and what did he... For what, was, what was the very thing that he furnished? Holy Ghost and power. How love furnished what was needed to Jesus of Nazareth. Then it tells us what was furnished with Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for love was with him. See, Jesus was—he—it was, was got love. It was love that did the miraculous. It was love that spit in a blind man's eye. It was love that cast out the devil with the finger of God. It was the love that took the five loaves and two fish and and lifted them up to heaven and thanked God for it. And he broke them and it turned into to enough for having twelve baskets left over. The anointing is the love of god in manifestation you say oh well if you say oh well, that person's anointed at the same time you should also say that man is full of love yes. Yes. you know i've had people ask me and i asked dr savell many years ago when i was traveling with him and i and i'd hear about different stories about just men men of god so to speak that had Signs and wonders and miracles, and I'd ask it, but yet I know some things that took place in their life, and they ended up dying early. And I asked it's like, well, God, if if God knew that this is what they've been doing for years, how could God? How could you let them get away with it? How could you let a minister do? You know, you do all these miracles through them, and and yet they're living that way in, in behind closed doors. How could how could you let that happen? And I remember what Dr. Savell told me, and he said, He goes, Justin, because the anointing is for the people, not for the person. The anointing is for the people. So God loved the people. That's some wisdom there. But we have to be, we have to, and the Lord just even dealing with me in, in my life. He goes, Justin, do you want to operate in another level of praying for people or revelation insight? And, he, and he's like, work on your love walk. Work on your love walk. How God, how love furnished what was needed. Now listen to this. Furnish what was needed to Jesus. And what was that? The Holy Ghost in power. So then, now that he's anointed, he can go about and furnish what is needed. God placed on Jesus, furnished him what he needed so he could go around and then furnish what is needed to other people. Now you know why Jesus said you need the Holy Spirit. Don't go, don't go until you're filled and endued with power from on high. What is that power? It is love. Let's grow in our love walk, church family. Can we grow in our love walk? Because I really believe that's ultimately what Peter is really saying here—that we no longer live the rest of our lives in in the flesh according to the will of the Gentiles. Well, what does that mean? Because really, humanity—bottom line—as as human beings, we are selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't tell me you're not. I mean, some of you men, you will not give your wife a remote control. I'm telling you. you... But think about, I mean, because ultimately is we want what we want. But the bottom line is, is, is I want to live like God lives. What would be living according to the will of God? Love. The will of God, what's His will for your life? I'd like to say, you know, we talk about the command, you know, what, what are the greatest commands? But I'd like to say, what is the greatest call? To love God with all my heart. To love my neighbor as myself. As myself. Wow. how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all, furnishing what was needed. When He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So we know God is love, then He could be saying this, the Spirit that's love is on me. And because love is on me, I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. Because the spirit of love is on me, I'm going to heal the broken hearted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because love is on me, I'm going to heal the broken hearted. I'm going to set at liberty them that are captive. I'm going to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Yes. Why as a church do I, I, I believe that... God wants you to go to another level. That God wants you free. That God wants you delivered. God wants you successful. Because of what Jesus said in that moment. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What does that mean? To proclaim the year of God's favor. The year that everything that you lost. You would get back. That's the year of Jubilee. And Jesus said. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I will proclaim this because, why? This is the Father's heart for all humanity. Let's go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. How love anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost in power. You know, in John chapter, I think it's John 20, verse 21... It says, it says this, he goes, As my Father sent me. What does it say? As my Father sent me, so I send you. Okay, so the Father sent him, right? Why? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish but of everlasting life. And yet Jesus says, as my Father sent me, so I send you. So you could read the scripture like this. For Jesus so loved the world that he sent Kermit. And that whoever would believe in his message would not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's look at this about this love for a moment. Mark chapter 1. We could look at this in other, we could see this also in Mar, uh, Matthew chapter 8. But verse 40, Mark 1, verse 40, it says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him. He's begging him. He got down on his knees. He kneeling down to him, saying to him, If you're willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can do something about this Jesus. But verse 41, the reason I pulled this out in in the book of Mark is I like this part here. It says, then Jesus moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. This phrase, moved with compassion, is a... Is, a, is actually one phrase in, in, the, in the Greek. And, and it means, if I can say this right without, um, it means that it's not being moved emotionally or mentally. But if you look at this word, it means to be moved in your bowels. In, and so I believe that's your spirit, man. Because if you look at the word, I there, it says to be moved in your bowels, and it's meaning it's not a it's not a it's not something you have to think about up here. It's not something you try to figure out. It's just you just do. And and that's where we need to come as the body of Christ needs to come. Where we're not trying to analyze. If I give this, if I don't give that, if I do that, no, it's just, it's just, you're just moved in here. It's just something that just moves you. It's just some say, hey, hey, hey can, can I get some help with this? You're like, I'll do it. Why? You didn't have to process anything. It was just something so big on the inside of you that it was your response because what was the response? It was the love of God in you. It's not something that you try have to work up and try to become. It's just because of the Spirit of God on the inside of you that it's like, it's like I'll do that. Or you walk into a room and, the, and all of a sudden you're like, the Lord tells you to do something. And, and all of a sudden you don't even think about it, you just do it. And then you're like, was that the devil or was that me? No, you were being moved with compassion. And so here Jesus was moved with compassion, meaning, meaning he, want to, he wanted to furnish what was needed. The love of God was so strong and big on the inside of him. You understand, Jesus was anointed while he walked the earth. And he was moved. There was something on the inside of him that he was like, I want to meet this need. I want to fix this problem. And it wasn't for him to be seen. Because really, after this miracle, he told them, don't tell anybody it just happened. Why do we want miracles? I, I've asked my, asked my, I'm just being honest, I've asked my heart and the Lord poses me, Justin, why do you want miracles? Is it to be seen by people? Or is it because you love people so much you can't see them broken anymore? I mean, we cry out for miracles. We want these things. I do, I do, I do. But has, have we come to such fullness of love on the inside of us? It's the love of God that raised the dead. It was the love of God that healed the man. It was the love of God that multiplied the fish and loaves. It was the love of God. And if we just think it's just power for the sake of power, that's why we're not walking in the greater dimensions of it. Because love has to be our primary motivating force. It's like, do I love someone enough to look stupid? Do I love someone so much that I don't need the credit? Can you go lay hands on someone, and they tell it a miracle, and not tell another soul about it? Amen. Yeah, we need to give testimony. So that's not the point. The point is still coming down to, Lord, why do I want to see the dead raised? Yes. Just so I can say I did it? But at the core of a lot of people they want to they want to be a name. They want a name. That only he gets the credit. Only the Lord gets the credit. Thank you, Father. And you talk, about, you talk about walking in extraordinary favor when we get to that, t- that level. Hmm. He was moved with compassion. His, it was his inside. That's why he said, that the, that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Yeah. Why? It's, that's what's going to fly? It's, just, it's, it's the love in me. It's His goodness in me. It's His, and and that love is power. That love is goodness. That love is glory. That love is everything that He is. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. the Holy Spirit, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. Just go to Romans 5. I'm going to shift directions. Not, I'm not changing directions. I just... Because I believe I, I had other scriptures, but I think that we're, we're in... We're all going the same direction right now. Why... Why is Jesus saying, go, be filled with the Holy Ghost? This Holy Ghost and fire. For the second time, let's just look at verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you, he came into your life. God came into your life. Yes. He poured his love on the inside of you. Yes. But sometimes through business of life, offense, hurt, everything we have going in our lives, we forget that love. I, I remember when I got born again and, and when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I remember calling my brother-in-law and and I remember calling him up and I didn't know where this came from and I was <laughs> calling Jay. And Jay and I, we've, we've always gotten along and that wasn't the issue, but, but I, after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was like I'm on the phone and I'm like, I love you, man. I, 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 you just don't have much. I love you, Jay. I mean, you are... And I don't know what happened. Why? It was the love of God on the inside of me trying to communicate my heart for him. And it's like, it's also awesome. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you have an encounter with God like you've never had before. And you experience his presence, his power, his goodness. And, and all of a sudden, you just sense something you don't know. And all of a sudden, you start treating people different. You start, and, 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 but some, too often, it only lasts for a little while. But what were you feeling? What was that and how you were treating other people and, and making decisions, making decisions for God, putting relationships behind you because I know you, God, have to be first place. Why? Because the love of God was on the inside of you and just gave you this hope that everything's going to be okay as I give it to Him. I just sense that's in my heart for someone this morning. He, the Holy Spirit, He shed a love, the love of God on the in, he poured it out on the inside of us let's go to 1 John chapter 4 again and I'll start to close with this you're receiving something this morning hallelujah mm. thank you father Verse 7 again, we read this earlier. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for us. That means mercy, mercy seat for us. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Verse 12, no one has seen God at any time. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. Wait a minute, hold on. No one has seen God at any time. Correct statement? But yet, if we love, now they see God. See, no one has physically seen God. In that what no one has seen God at any time. But yet, if we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in Him, and He in us. Now, listen, because He has given us of His Spirit. Whoa. So why can I say his love is, is on the inside of me? And why? Because he has given us of his spirit. That's what it says. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Why? Because he's given us of his spirit. Yes. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Yes. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him. So if God abides in him, then love abides in him. And he in God. And we have known and believed. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Wow. So when you received of the Holy Spirit, you became wall to wall love. Whether you're walking it or not, that's another question. Put your hand on put your hand on your, your mid midsection here, and say this with me: I have, I have my, father's nature, my, father's nature, my father's nature, and my father's nature is love. Is love. Let me close with this: Jeremiah thirty one. Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. You have your father's nature. That we are to live in the Spirit like God does. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Verse one. At the same time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people, thus says the Lord. The people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Are you grateful for grace? Yes. Israel, when I went to give him rest, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, listen to this. Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I have drawn you. With love and kindness, I have drawn you. The thought I want to leave you with today is if the love of God was able to draw you, how much more will the love of God draw people to you because of the love of God? You need to be a magnet for the Lord. You need to be a Holy Ghost magnet. That people need to be drawn to you because of your love. Now think about it. If if the love of God drew them, what's going to draw people into the kingdom of God in these last days? It will be the love of God. So let's live like God lives. Let's live in the spirit. Which means living. In his nature of love. Because it will draw. Many people into the kingdom of God. In this hour. John 17 says. They will know us. By our love. One for another. Yes. We're going ha- to see. Amazing miracles. We're going to see supernatural manifestations of God. We're going we're gonna to hear greater revelation from the, from the word of God. But what I'm challenging us as a body is let's come up to another level in our love walk. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. I thank you for the love, love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the love of God that's even here this morning that's drawing those that are watching by way of internet or that are here this morning that they're being drawn to the love of God that right now in the presence of the Lord they would say I believe in Jesus they'll say I receive Jesus as a just sacrifice I repent of all my sins and I and I and I thank you Lord that that you forgive me of all my iniquities and I thank you that as a body that we will, we will be, our hearts will be open, our ears will be open, our eyes will be open to everyone around us. And we will let the love of God. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for furnishing the very thing that's needed for our lives so we could be like Jesus and walk out of these walls and furnish what is needed to someone else's life. I thank you that we are the love of God. We we are so filled with the love of God. It is increasing more and more. Philippians 1, 9 says, The love of God would abound more and more. Thessalonians says that the love of God would increase and abound more and more to all men. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us a love like we've never had for our brother and sister in Christ. Giving us a love like we've never had for the people you've placed in our lives. We thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You received this word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.